You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Happy Sunday morning. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything College Football Recap after week number 11. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And what a fantastic day to be a college football fan yesterday was. Am I right? Yes, sir. That's a, you, uh, you had a monstrous victory. Your team did uh, some outstanding stuff. I was uh, I was congratulatory in defeat. I do appreciate it, that. I do appreciate that. It it hurt my soul, uh, but it was uh, it was man, it was a good ball game. Alabama LSU lived up to the hype. Um, LSU's the best football team in the country. Like I, yeah, it, it here's ain't close. the thing. Everybody's gonna keep blowing Clemson. And, and look, okay, I get it on the YouTube guys. I get y'all. All right, I know you're Clemson fans, and I crap on you, and you, and you get upset about that. You can't play nobody. So, yes, you're beating the hell out of everybody. And, sure, Vegas would have you be a favorite over all these people. But Vegas doesn't get to pick these things, all right? We're battle-tested. We've won four big games. We've been on college game day three times, two of them on the road. And and we've kind of controlled every one of the games. We've never trailed in any of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We trailed a little bit in Florida because Florida got the ball in the second half and drove and scored. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Ohio State ain't played nobody. Clemson ain't played nobody. But we'll we'll get into all this. Here's uh here's what we'll get through today. Minnesota beats uh, Penn State, so we'll talk about that. Baylor remains undefeated. Oklahoma survives a scare last night. Uh, we're going to talk about some hot seat stuff. We're going to talk about FSU coaching candidates and and what they may have done yesterday if they are in fact candidates. We'll uh oh, yeah. 
We'll discuss Wake Forest going down in flames, which means that Clemson will not have a top 25 team on their resume this year. Uh, Illinois with an incredible comeback. All sorts of different stuff. App State gets a humongous win. Uh, what does that mean for Will Muschamp? So we're, we're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff. Of course, this is Winning Cures Everything. You can find us over at winningcureseverything.com. Uh, all of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms, etc. are all over on the website. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Twi- uh, Facebook. Uh, if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Share the show out. Tell your buddies about it. If you're listening on the podcast, hit subscribe. And make sure and leave a nice review. We enjoy the reviews. They have, uh, they've been really nice here lately. We appreciate you guys not name-calling on the reviews. No, we do appreciate it. <laughs> so, yeah, if, you, uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a nice five-star written review. That helps out more than you could possibly know. The show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Look, Chris had a monster day gambling yesterday. Monster day. Uh, but they, it, Tunica is a big reason why. He, he helped, they helped him out after he's helped them out for like eight weeks, right? That's so, right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. Tunica, positive on the year. Yes. It's, and it's, it's big. Yes. Bigly. Oh, you, you got back in the, in the green yesterday. Uh, That's right. Big time. So, yeah. yeah. So, Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Six incredible sports books. You can find more information on them over at tunicatravel.com. Uh, they've got a ton of great stuff going on down there. Go check them out. It's well worth your time. It is well worth a visit. So, Tunica, Mississippi. Check them out at tunicatravel.com. Let's go ahead and fire in number one on the list. Of course, LSU goes into Tuscaloosa and gets the win 46-41. to And it was never really that close. It was never in doubt. And there were, there were moments where you're thinking, okay, like, if Alabama can get a stop here, but Alabama never had the football when it was a one-possession game after nope. after a certain point in the second quarter. In the second That's half, right. it was never a one-possession game when Alabama had the ball with a chance to take the lead, and that is a big-time credit to LSU. I don't know what happened in the third quarter uh, to give to, – to get LSU – to not be able to score for whatever reason. Well, okay, so I, I mean, I watched this. Can you watch? You were there. Yeah, I was. But I was I there. You, you, you only had two drives, and we only had two drives. The first drive, first play of the first drive, you guys picked off. All right. So then, but no, the, he, he, the, Burrow didn't throw an interception, did he? Yeah, he did. Picked it off. Was that was that an, uh, okay? So it, interception slash fumble, right? It's, because he it's got hit. Fine as a pick because it never hit the ground. yeah, it never hit the ground. That's okay. So, that makes sense. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway. You guys get the turnover. We'll call it that. Then you get the turnover, but then we get you to go three and out. You don't. You don't score. We get the ball back right there in the same spot. Oh, four and out. Really, you went forward on fourth down. I think we're at midfield. Yeah. And then and then we go three and out. Decide to punt instead of going for the fourth down, fourth and one play, which I wish we'd have went for. Oh yeah, I would have gotten it had you done it. And then when we gave that ball back to you after that, you had the ball the entire third quarter, that one drive. Yeah. Your one touchdown drive was was just you keeping the ball all day, and I actually think that hurt you. It was that killed it, you. While you scored on it, you took the entire rest of the third quarter to score. Yeah, and then and then scored early fourth quarter. Yeah. And the the crazy part about this is, even with Alabama holding the football for the entire third quarter, 
time of possession, LSU still won like 35 minutes to 25. The entire first half, not a quarter. Oh, yeah. The entire first half we dominated. We haven't dominated a first half like that all year except for playing also ran schools. And what's crazy is Alabama has the football second and three in the first half, and it is 19 to 13. And Alabama has a shot to actually come back, take the lead in this spot. They don't run it. Like, the play calling by Steve Sarkeesian in this ballgame was absolutely criminal. I could call. I told every, you he was going to cost you a I know. This year. I, oh, I, and and I, I did not disagree with you. Before the season started, I said, he's going to cost you a game. I don't know what it, game, but he's going to cost you a game. I didn't disagree with you at all because when, when we sat up there, after I saw the first play call in a tight situation, I could call every play after that. I knew exactly what he was getting. And if I know what they're going to do, you know that Dave Aranda is going to know what they're going to do. And it just drove me these these delayed handoffs from the backfield on third and short and whatnot. Give me a break. And they were able to actually convert some of them. Well, it's because you got dudes. Yeah, you guys can execute like crazy. It's it's Najee Harris, and it's not because they went the way that they were supposed to. That line was awesome yesterday. Yeah. No, they they were definitely, and that's one thing that we talked about last week is that the running game, you know. But here's the thing: in the first half, they didn't use him. They used him on that first drive. And then they didn't use him at all the rest of the first half. And then they realized in the second half, like, crap, we're going to have to really, we're going to have to do this. And now we may be too far behind to be able to do it efficiently. So, yeah, the, but it's second and three, 19 to 13 in the first half with four minutes left in the ballgame. And the implosion by Alabama at that point, uh, they, they didn't convert, gave LSU the ball back with about three and a half minutes left or just under three and a half minutes left. LSU brings it down the field, scores. Alabama gets the ball back with 30 seconds left. Tua throws a pick. Like, this is complete anti-Nick Saban type stuff here because he, you you go down with, what, 24 seconds left in the second quarter? He's taking a knee and he's going to the house. That's like, right. it, we'll, we'll get it figured out at halftime and whatever. And instead, they come out, they try and be aggressive. LSU baits him into a pick which is the same pick that he has thrown at over any, and over again. Which, and he doesn't throw a lot of picks, but when nope. he does, it is the exact same play every time where you've got a safety hanging out over over on the side of the field. It's like he didn't see him. And it's I don't I don't know how that happens. I, when you when you get to where you're rushing and you're trying to get points and you you kind of get into panic mode, like, but he's done it like he threw that pick against Tennessee. They weren't rushing. You were controlling that game, and you knew you were going to blow this team out. Like, yeah, it, like, well, no, it's it's a panic mode because of the the play, right? The he play, was not not because of the situation. Okay, right. I got you. Not you because of right the situation. The, like it's the play itself where he he begins to panic because he's looking for a big play. Like he has been told, like, hey, let's go out and try and get some points. So his thought is, oh, I need to hit something big. I need to. So he's. Just looking for his guy. He's not looking for what's going on on the rest of the field. But he throws that pick. Landon Dickerson, who has been great as an offensive line, as a run blocking offensive lineman, loses his cool, gets a personal foul call. The pick gets returned to the 29 or whatever. LSU gets the ball at the 13 yard line with 11 seconds left, and they score immediately. immediately. And, immediately. and then you're down by 20. 
instead of being down by you know two touchdowns, and it's it's a whole different ball game at that point. So I, I will tell you this: I know the game got close; it got to one score twice. Yeah. But at no point in time, once it was halftime, now I never was, I didn't talk trash, I didn't say a word the entire game, but I never felt the game was in danger because that meant y'all had to score three unanswered touchdowns or scores. And there was no way that was happening. To take the lead. And I just thought, I could see them having two because it's not like we're not going to punt the whole game. But, But I just don't see this defense stopping this offense three times in a row and going down and capitalizing and scoring. Yeah. Here's what made me feel great about this. Dave Aranda, the first half, was an absolute magician. An absolute magician. You got one offensive touchdown. One. And that was on a play in which, I don't know if you had to see it on a replay or not, but because you couldn't, you wouldn't have noticed this in the game. Um, Stingley looks to the sidelines. The defense is coaches are changing the defense, and y'all snap the ball. And that's when Smith goes right by him. Yeah. And he and then he can't catch up. And literally, if that doesn't happen, he might still make a play because Smith's a hell of an athlete. He might still catch the ball, but he's gonna get tackled unless Stingley falls. Yeah. He doesn't get that type of separation on Stingley without Stingley being completely caught off guard when the snap happened. That's that's Dave Aranda kept y'all out of the end zone the entire first half. Oh yeah. Oh, and I absolutely. knew it wasn't going to sustain that. Anybody who, A, has seen these guys on Alabama play, you know there is no secondary in the world that's going to hold these guys to nothing. But we gave Jerry Judy all he wanted. I thought he was the best receiver in the world. He still might be, but he didn't show it Saturday. No. He, he had drops. He had uh, it just – They were giving him fits. Now, they were doubling yeah. him a lot, but they were giving him fits. Oh, yes, Absolutely. Like, this was, overall, let, let's talk about the numbers here. Um, it, look, first down. The numbers are insane, but it's because he was down yeah. so big. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, that, that's, it, I'm not even worried about that. The, the 559 total yards for LSU. Uh, LSU had 166 rushing yards. Alabama had 123. Uh, passing yards, 418 for Alabama, 393 for LSU. 559 total yards for LSU. 541 total yards for Alabama. This was a Big 12 track meet, and I don't know how I feel about it. College football looks completely different right now than it did five years ago, and we've talked about this. It is it is strange. There's and, only one old-school team right now in football, and that's Baylor. Yeah. That's winning. That's winning. Let's preface it. There's only one team that wins playing the old way of football right now, and that's Baylor. And that's, that's why it was so important for LSU to revamp their offense and to right. get it moved into the modern I, I, era. All right. I, yes, I agree with that. I completely agree with that. But let's not act like Alabama has been doing this for decades. They no, no, they, they've been doing it for... They got Tua. They, no, no, they, they've been doing this for five years now, basically. 2014 is when they started really throwing the ball, spreading the ball out and whatnot. That's 2014 is when they had Blake Sims and they... Put up. They won against Auburn, fifty-five to forty-four. Like it, that's when it started. Is when they brought in Lane Kiffin, right? And Kiffin, okay, that, that's true, right. right? So, so that's when Saban started revamping his offense and moving to a more tempo-based offense. And it's basically what has caught LSU off guard with Alabama since then, because the games before that were close. Well, like yeah, it, they were all the same too. Yeah, I mean, we, they were, we've been the same team for a long time. Yeah. 
and now we're we are back to being the same team because LSU has finally made that change. Exactly. You, you've got so let, two let teams. Me you, let me tell you what I love most about Ed Orgeron. A, that's the biggest win of his life. Oh, Nobody he, deserves it more than him. He acted this like a, it. His story it was is great. the American dream story. I mean, it really is. A guy that has been passed over, and a jo- he got an opportunity early, and he, and he cocked it up. And then now he, he's, he's had chances and did well, and nobody would give him a, a chance again. Nobody would really buy into him. And LSU did, but there was a huge faction. I was one of those people that I'm going to embrace this because I love the guy, but there's always this is he really the guy kind of thing. He's had to work and earn everything he's got. After that big win, all I kept thinking is somebody better have a check on his desk tomorrow because he's one of the <laughs> lowest paid head coaches in the country. And Ed, not thinking about that at all, immediately gets home. And the first thing he does is call the AD and say, I need money for Joe Brady. Yes. He's always thinking about his staff over himself. And there's there's not another coach in the country that does that. There's no. just not. It, he was... He was incredible. It was a lot of fun to get to watch him celebrate. And uh, now, yeah, he went a little crazy with all of the stuff in the locker room, right? That, the, that shouldn't have gotten out. I'm no, gonna tell you no. this: what you do in the privacy of a locker room like that with your team, that stuff's not supposed to get out. No, it's not. And and, you're and, allowed to talk any trash you want. Oh yeah, and no cameras are around, and it's just you and your family. Yes. I say shit around my family that I wouldn't say around anyone else. You and I have conversations that I wouldn't say around anyone else because I have a there's a there's a camaraderie there, and so when we want yes. to, to really do what we want to do, that we can. That's it. I, I enjoyed the confidence coming out of him yeah. because he he right. hasn't had that before. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you the other thing. I brought up the game day situation three times. If you're a big time recruit in this country and you didn't grow up an Alabama fan, an Oklahoma fan, Notre Dame fan, Clemson fan or an Ohio State fan, your ass is going to LSU. Yeah. You're going to LSU. If you watch these three big-time primetime games that were on national TV and had the most recognition, you got to see Death Valley in its complete thralls. And then the other two, you got to go to Austin, Texas, an incredible place to play, a very hard place to play, and go in there with their butt. And then you got to go to Tuscaloosa, one of the most difficult places and historic places to go. I'm going to bet there's a lot of kids that Alabama brought in on a recruiting visit for that game that are looking across that sideline saying, I think next week I'm going to go to, go to Baton Rouge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and that, that happened with LSU and Alabama for years yes. when LSU would bring in people and Alabama would go down and, and handle them. And, and, beat right? them. and then all of a sudden now they become Alabama recruits. Yeah. So, and it's, it's to the victor goes to spoils. It's how yes. Clemson was able to go from uh, a mid-level or a top-tier ACC team to an elite team in the country is they started winning big games, and then they go from top 10 in recruiting to top two in recruiting or top three in recruiting, yeah. and it just changes everything. Yeah, you're able to get those you know top five kids, yeah. and, and that changes your program. You're never able to get a quarterback. There's no question now, if you're a young quarterback, you used to look at LSU and be like, mm, I ain't going there. Yeah. Now, but now you got now LSU now, has a chance to actually get a quarterback. There. Yeah, absolutely has a chance. And that's all we've been missing forever is a quarterback. Yes. 
so this this sets up a lot of different uh, things, and we've been on this game for a while, and we'll we'll kind of rush through the okay, other well, ones because it's our two schools. Yeah, it's the biggest game of the year. There's no no one will argue that there's not, and there's not going to be another game this big because Penn nope. State had Penn State found undefeated. We're going to transition to that. Penn State goes undefeated. That Ohio State Penn State game has a chance to be just as big as this. Didn't happen. Didn't work out. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So with Alabama losing by five and getting the late touchdown, honestly, the fact that the game really came down to an onside kick, because I don't think LSU was going to stop. Alabama scored four straight touchdowns to end the ball game. Sure. The issue was they couldn't stop LSU. So if they had gotten one more possession, there was a chance they find a way with a minute twenty left to score a touchdown. The fact that it came down so close, it adds a whole different narrative here to play off everything else. Now, I don't think Alabama gets in, but that does leave the possibility because it had it remained like it was where it was 33 to 13 and there was no question, then, you know, it, it, it's a whole different story, right? So let's let's transition into what you just talked about. Um, Minnesota beats Penn State, which I didn't see coming because um, <laughs> I texted you before the ball game and was like, they're, they're going to get killed. Like, Penn State is going to murder these guys. And I could not have been more wrong. And it, it's not like, I still, when you look at the stats, when you look at, you know, I, I watched the game from inside the stadium because I was in the stadium by 1130. It looked like Penn State was the better football team. See, I, but they were, I watched every snap of this football game, and I don't think they were the better football team at any part of the game. It, it They made the most crippling errors. That I have ever seen. They and and when you say better football team, it, the better football team is the more disciplined team that doesn't make mistakes and finds a way to put themselves in a position to win. Right? That's what Minnesota did all day. Penn State was able to. I mean, just look at the stats. Right? And I understand box score doesn't tell everything, but Penn State five hundred eighteen total yards. Minnesota had four sixty. But it, here's the biggest stat: is Penn State with three turnovers and Minnesota only one. And those turnovers for Penn State. Honestly, like play by play, all you need to know here really is Penn State drives the ball down to the Minnesota ten yard line, gets a uh, a penalty to move back to the twenty five, and then Sean Clifford throws a uh, pick to uh, pick in the touchdown or pick in the uh, uh, end zone, and you know it, they hit that touchdown pass, and Penn State wins the game. And it's a completely different they don't narrative. Win the game, though. They don't win the game because that's game flow. It changes everything that happens after that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but I'm talking about this is with a minute one left in the ball game. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of time for, and Minnesota's not exactly quick strike. They, then you didn't watch the game if you don't think that. No, every it, time Minnesota started that whole first half when they took the lead, Gary. Every possession they had, they got the ball behind their own five yard line, and they scored in like six plays. Yes, and then I deep passes. We know. We here's the problem. We almost we we being me as well. All thought Minnesota one dimensional. They can't throw the football. So Penn State's going to kill them because Penn State can stop the run. And here's the problem with thinking that way is they've never thrown the ball because they didn't have to. Yeah, a lot of these games. In this game, they knew they had to. Boy, it was letter rip, tater chip. They were going deep. They were going down the field, and they were wide ass open. They were. Wide open. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. They scored, they scored in, in four or five plays 
from their own five-yard line, four-yard line, seven-yard line, over and over and over again. So to think that the game was over at that, you just didn't watch the rest of the game. Well, it, with the, I'm saying that Penn State would have scored with a minute left. So the odds of Minnesota coming down the field and scoring a touchdown to win, I, I thought were it went little. down, obviously. But. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Penn State had the ball, you know, close to the Minnesota 20 and threw picks at a couple of times. And I, it felt to me like Penn State lost the game and Minnesota absolutely did what it took to win the game. Minnesota but, never trailed. No, they. I understand they, they didn't trail. The I, it's so funny that we we both watched this game and we saw it totally different. It's, and I think I just are you blinded because you bet on Penn State and it's just one of those things. Where no, you no, I'm it, I'm upset. not blinded by by that. I I didn't have enough money on that game for it to matter. I saw a domination. Now I didn't see domination thinks, at all. Everyone thinks that Ohio State, Clemson dominate people because they beat them by a hundred. You can we dominate you guys. We never lost control of the football game. Yeah, that's called domination. You could beat somebody by one point, but if you never trail in the entire time, they are just fighting from behind. That's the only reason they have more yards than them too. It's the same reason Alabama had more passing yards is because you're down by twenty. It's not that you're in desperation mode. From from the second half on, yeah, okay, I I see where you're coming from. I see, BJ I see Flex that side. Boys whipped their butt, whipped their butt. It it was it was and interesting. If the college football rankings don't give them credit. Now here's the problem: Will they take somebody from twelve? But from seventeen, were, right? huh? Minnesota was seventeen. Holy shit! Will they take somebody from seventeen all the way up into the top five? I think they will. Oh, well, they not the top should. five. No, I think I, I think they'll move them up to like seven, eight, somewhere around there. Um, That's fine, though. That's fine. Well, yeah, because it, like over ten spots, it, it's a one-game sample size at home in the biggest game that they have ever played, and but they're yeah. still undefeated. I understand that. I got that. But there is still so much time left in this season, and look, it it, it is a continue to prove it, right? Because their schedule to date has been awful. So if you got them in a one-game setting where the other – and I know that this irritates you, but I'm looking at it from a different side, and that's why we talk about these things, right? So if you look at it in a one-game sample size where the other games, you know, they had the first four games of the year where they all won by one possession against not great football teams. Okay. Then you've got the next four where they okay. dominated teams that had second and third-string quarterbacks that weren't really good anyway. Okay. Then you get a win over Penn State – who threw an interception in the end zone with a minute left in the game that would have won the game. Like, yeah, I could I could understand the wait-and-see approach, but Minnesota is going to have plenty of opportunities to continue to climb up these rankings. I think they will be top 10 this week. I don't think they'll be top 5 yet. And, you know, I, I you just, get a win. I just don't know. If you're good, see, this is my problem, is we change the criteria based on the school. You look at Penn State or, 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 or Minnesota and you say, well, they hadn't played anybody. Well, they just played Penn State and we had them number four, okay? Yeah. So they just played them and beat them and never trailed to them. They dominated the whole game. So if you say they hadn't played nobody, but then you say, well, Ohio State and Clemson, we don't care that they haven't played anybody. They killed everybody they've played. But, hey, that's a, 
you're not judging everybody by the same criteria. I'm not saying Minnesota's better than them. I'm not saying Minnesota should be ranked higher than them. I'm saying that they should be in the same conversation as them because we have to judge these teams all the same. And the only reason we judge them different than Ohio State and Clemson is because Ohio State and Clemson were used to seeing it because their granddaddy was good and the great-granddaddy was good and their daddy was good. And we just expect that they're going to be good. In Minnesota, we've never seen this before in our lives. So how the hell is somebody supposed to come from nowhere to somewhere unless we got, got to keep proving it? You got to keep proving it. We got. Yep, Chris, we lost you. Oh, gracious. <laughs> I understand where Chris is coming from. Uh, let me see if I can get him back right quick. Um, yeah, that's let's let's pause this for a second. Let's, uh, there we go. Chris, we got you. I'm here. Okay, yeah, it, it completely froze there for a minute. But, it, yes, I understand where you're coming from. Like, it, you shouldn't have to continue to prove it. But if, if nobody else has to continue to prove it. That's well, no, but they, But all of these teams had to prove it for a long time before they were considered this. That, that's the problem. That's the problem. I don't, we, we have to stop caring about what happened last year. It, we have to stop that. Yes, I understand. But it is still... A, a bias, in, as long as it is done by human people, like human voters, like you're going to have that. And there's there's nothing that will change about that so long as there is, you know, actual people that are uh, uh, ranking these teams. We're doing something wrong just because it's the way we've always done it. That's fine. No, I think, I think that this should be computer-based. Just stay doing things wrong. Let's just keep doing things backwards. No, I, that's what I'm saying. I think that we need to move this to more of a computer analytics-driven model as opposed to letting, you know, school ADs and whoever vote on these things. See, the problem with analytics is is if you if you literally then all you got to do is line up cupcakes because if you beat the hell out of nobodies, then you're the best team on offense, you're the best team on defense in the country, and you've never been tested, you've never played anybody, but the model still says you're the best team. Well, the, the model will that's say that you're good, but models can be adjusted for strength of schedule. And that's where, you know, LSU, according to models, was better than Alabama. Like, that's yeah. same I'm thing. I'm not talking with, about LSU. We're tested. I'm not even talking about Bama because at some point in time, you're going to be tested. But Ohio State is going to go through this season. They'll play Michigan. That's the only game they got left. Now they did play Wisconsin. I mean, they, that was they've a big still game. they've still got Penn State, who is still a good team. They beat That's like right. destroyed so Wisconsin. Be they, My issue is, and I'm I'm continuing to beat the same dead horse. Clemson's gonna get in, and I don't know that I oppose them getting in, but but if we're doing a ranking right now, like at some point in time, we gotta say you're just gonna stay left out until the season's over and everybody has a loss. You just are. Yeah, and that's that's totally fair. Totally, I'm with you. But what I'm saying is my prediction, and I don't know that it is uh, fair or right or whatever. I think Minnesota will be top ten. They will not be close to the top five. I, they'll be seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. I think they could jump Oregon, and Utah, whatever. Seventeenth to begin with was just completely asinine. It yeah. was wrong. Yeah, I agree. And, and you need to own that shit. Yeah, I agree. So, and I think moving them up almost ten spots will will help that. But if if Minnesota goes out and gets a win at Iowa this week, and then you know you've got uh, who else do they have after that? 
They have Iowa, they have Wisconsin, they have Northwestern. Northwestern. So it's at Northwestern. Iowa, they have no, at Northwestern, and, and then, then they have Wisconsin, Wisconsin at, home. at home. If yeah. they are undefeated at home against Wisconsin, that's going to be a mega game. Massive. Massive. I'm going to tell you this. Game day will be going there if they're undefeated, and Wisconsin doesn't lose anymore. Oh, absolutely. Like I, and, and they should. You know, it, you you don't should. need. I don't know who else plays that weekend. Alabama, Auburn will be yeah, playing. Alabama, that Auburn, Michigan, Ohio State. Will be that weekend, but at some point in time, you got to say we got to go see these guys. We can't just keep going to the big boys over and over. These guys deserve this recognition. I thought it was really cool that they had James Franklin and PJ Fleck mic'd up like for warmups before yep. their game for college game day. I thought and that those was are two awesome. great coaches to get. Like you don't want to do that with every coach. Some yeah. of these coaches are. Dull. They're geniuses. They're really good at what they do. They are so boring. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that with all of them. Those two guys. No, those are two great guys. To yes, they up. are great guys. Yes, they are. Let's uh, let's move into another top twenty-five uh, or another undefeated team. Uh, we'll roll through the rest of these. Yeah, we'll we'll roll through the rest. Uh, I'll I'll need your help with this one though. All right. Baylor twenty-nine, TCU twenty-three in triple overtime. Another overtime close win for Baylor. They were down nine to nothing in this ball game, and I kept watching the field goals happen, like because it wasn't on the screen up there, and it should have been. By the way, I saw you and I would have liked to watch. Yeah, Mm, I'm gonna bet nobody else in the country wanted to watch this game. Yeah, so I, I see the the scroller like the ticker go across, and it's nine to nothing. I'm like, oh man, we we should have seen this coming, right? And then it's nine to three, and then it's nine to six, and uh, it, there's four minutes left in the ball game, and I'm like, it's still nine to six. Like, man, is Baylor really going to lose this by not scoring a touchdown? Like, are they like what is happening? And then all of a sudden, you see nine to nine overtime, and it's like, okay, uh, <laughs> like uh, now, now what? All they needed was somebody to spot them the ball in the twenty, and they scored a touchdown every time. That's it. What? So it, it got to three overtime. What happened? To where neither of them scored in one of the overtimes. Did you see it? No, uh, no, because I was watching the Missouri game. I mean, the the Minnesota Penn State game. All right, so let's let's roll play by play because I I didn't get to see it and I'm I'm irritated because I, I, didn't. I got there I got there for the last overtime. I let's saw see. them score and then I saw them make the stop. To, oh no 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 no! It okay so every they did. Sc- I think okay. they scored on every. They did. They did score overtime. in every overtime possession because it's twenty nine twenty three and it was yeah. nine to nine. So yeah, they scored every. I, I was about to say I thought I thought Baylor. I wasn't going to be definitive because I missed some of it, but I thought Baylor scored every a touchdown in every overtime position. They did. It was eight plays, twenty five yards, and a touchdown. TCU four plays, twenty five yards, touchdown. Then TCU gets the ball back. Second overtime, five plays, twenty five yards, touchdown. Baylor four plays, twenty five yards, touchdown. And then in the uh, in the third overtime, Charlie Brewer passed to Chris Platt for 21 yards to the four. Charlie Brewer passed complete to Denzel Mims, four yards for touchdown. Two-point conversion failed. And then TCU had a nine-play drive that got down first and goal to the Baylor one. And well, The play that he went out on the one, he originally scored, and they called him a scorer. And then they went and replayed it, and he stepped out. But he bare, I mean, he barely It was close. Out. Well, then he lost close. three yards on the on the next run. That's right. And then uh, incomplete pass, and then ball game. Yeah, and then ball game. So ball game. wait, because they throw a pick. Yeah. And that, that was, just I think it was fourth down anyway, right? Uh, nope. It was. Uh, let's see. Oh no, no, no. They they got a let's see a holding penalty that moved him back to the fourteen. Okay. And then uh, pass intercepted in the end zone on fourth and goal. 
mean, so it was so, fourth though. Yeah, I, I would say I thought it was fourth down. Yeah, so it wouldn't matter about the pick or nothing. It didn't matter. So yeah, but, they they were inches from scoring and going for two to win the ball game or to send it to a fourth overtime, and that heck of a way to end the ball game, right? It was a really good finish. It was a really fun game. Uh, you and I would have liked this game. Nobody else in the country would because yeah. we like defense. Baylor plays defense. Yeah, I mean, they're the only team in the country that plays like Alabama and LSU used to. Now, they don't have the blue chips that we do, but they're still winning. Game day is going to Baylor next week with Oklahoma. If they beat Oklahoma, people have to start giving them credit and respect. They just have to. Well, let's uh, let's move into that then. Let's talk about Oklahoma 42, Iowa State 41. Now, I did get to watch the majority or listen to and then watch uh, the last, what, seven minutes of this ballgame. Oklahoma almost almost choked this dog away. They were up forty two to twenty one, and turned the football over twice. Uh, had to punt the ball back to Iowa State. Matt Campbell had a a game. He had a play calling genius type of game here. And I this is the one time that I was thinking, just kick the extra point, go to overtime because Oklahoma. Is choking. That's because you got them on the ropes. Yes, that that is because if you leave it to just one play, like make the other team lose the game. Don't go out and try and and steal. Like we we love coaches that are aggressive, but in this in this situation, it would have made much more sense because they had stopped Oklahoma for four or five straight drives. Oklahoma had been turning the football over. They were at though they were they were puckering. (laughs) <laughs> and I actually trust their defense in a red zone situation against Oklahoma. Yes. Over, because Oklahoma's great at these big bus plays. They're not the, you know, LSU's had these problems too. When you get the red zone, it gets tough. I can throw a 40 yarder. I can't always hit those seven yarders. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you, I didn't think Oklahoma would say, if it went seven overtimes, Oklahoma wasn't stopping them seven times. They were going to score seven more touchdowns. It yeah. just didn't matter anymore at that point. It just didn't matter. It, it they they could have. I think the smarter way to go about it instead of I understand you're on the road and you're the See, two all touchdown of the game. Historical like, things say that, but that's when you're a heavy underdog and you're. Now, yes, they were a heavy underdog, but you are not just in this fight. You were dom. You dominated the fourth quarter. Yes, all momentum is going your way. Like, so go out and let Oklahoma lose it as opposed to... I'm telling you, me and you see, I thought you were going to disagree because the conventional wisdom is you go for two, you try to win it there, you're on the road to the number nine team in the country, you're unranked, all this stuff. But no, I, you dominated that game the fourth quarter. Yes. You dominated them. You could dominate overtime. Everything's going your way. Those guys are over there fighting. They're upset. They're finger pointing. They're falling apart. Let them fall apart. Like, let them continue to fall apart. Don't give them an out. And, yeah, and instead, here we go. You extend the game at that point in time. Now, the interesting thing about this, because Oklahoma has not looked good for quite a while now, it does set up, because it, you the odds of you getting Alabama against Oklahoma, where you got Tua against Jalen, in the playoff were very slim, right? Slim. But the Big 12 against the SEC's top-ranked team that's not in the playoff happens in the Sugar Bowl. Oh, my God, that's the game we need. You have a legit chance now to get Alabama in the Sugar Bowl against Oklahoma, and that would be a ratings bonanza. Yep. Like, that that would give both of these teams something to fight for in a game that doesn't really matter, right? So, at least for these two programs that 
or basically national championship or bust. I'm going to tell you this. Jalen would would play his butt off. It's, I, well, it's so in these pressure situations here lately, he has not looked good. He's been throwing yeah, picks. But that's not a pressure situation. It's a bowl game. Well, it, but you don't think it's a pressure situation to go up against the team that told you you weren't good enough? No, it, no, it's not. You, you have everything to win and nothing to lose. I mean, I guess. I don't know. It, 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 either way, it will be incredibly interesting to watch if that is how it goes down. Um, because I don't know that Oklahoma is going to get into the playoff. If they do so, win I mean, out. See, we disagree there. At, no, if they win Penn out. State, because Penn State lost. If Ohio State goes undefeated, Clemson goes undefeated. It, the only – if LSU doesn't lose to, to Georgia, if Georgia beats LSU in, national, in the SEC title game. Oklahoma then, would have the best resume if they went out. No, well, then LSU and Georgia are both going. If no, I mean, if, LSU, if, no, if Georgia yeah. wins, then yeah. But if, if Oklahoma wins, I think Oklahoma's going. They're going to put a champ, a conference champion in if the conference champ has one loss. And and Oklahoma would have the best resume as, as one loss because they'd well, have they a win over Oklahoma State. I, I actually think they would have one of the worst resumes because literally they'd have two wins. Ah, that's not true. No, they've got top 25 wins. Win over, two wins over Baylor. They're going to have to beat Oklahoma State. You're, oh, you're right. And they yeah. just beat Iowa State. And, um, and they beat so Texas. They would. Yeah. So, like, there's that, – that can, that can happen. Those but are all better wins than anybody else with one loss would have. But the if you if, loss, if Oklahoma loses to Baylor, uh, for any like either of those two matchups that it looks like they're going to have, uh, or or Oklahoma State gets them or whatever, yeah, then then you could if they lose another game. It's out. Your right. odds of getting Alabama and Oklahoma are much more likely today than they were uh, at any point earlier in the season. Correct. Uh, let, we didn't talk about this when we were talking about Minnesota. If Minnesota does run that table, and they only have one loss to Ohio State. I, I don't know that you don't put them in. Because then they would have wins over Penn State. They would have wins over Iowa. They'd have wins over Wisconsin. They would virtually have the same resume Ohio State has, but one loss to Ohio State. I mean, I guess it depends on what the game goes like, right? I mean, if Ohio State beats them like a drum like they have everybody else, then it's different. But yeah. I don't know, man. It, it like. I'm I'm with you. It's just You're so just not used to seeing Minnesota, but we gotta get out of that. No, I, I'm we with you. I, resume. I I understand where you're coming from. I'm with you. Uh, I mean, we'll 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 see. Like we're this a long stuff, way from that. We are. We are. We still got. Iowa's gonna be no joke next week. No, Iowa's you got that. No right. joke next week. Iowa will be fired up at home in Kinnick. Uh, do you know if that's a night game? Uh, I don't know that they've announced the times yet. Because Let's, because Fox is gonna pick it up. Or ESPN will pick it up. They have not announced the times. We've got seven and two Indiana at Penn State next week. I think we got, I think they all are making the don't they make their selections on Sunday and what the TVs are going to do? Yeah, uh, so we won't know that uh, the TV schedule for any of the games till next week. I mean, till, till later, later today. today. Yeah, later yeah, today. So let's uh, mm-hmm. let's move into a little hot seat talk and Western Kentucky. Destroys Arkansas in Fayetteville, 40, uh, 45 to nineteen. Uh, that nineteen is fraudulent, by the way. Oh, uh, yes, forty-five-seven. Yeah, no, and it, Arkansas got a couple of garbage. Well, it was it was thirty-eight to seven, and Arkansas scored a touchdown to make it uh, thirty-eight to uh, thirteen, and then Western Kentucky runs a kickback to make it forty-five to thirteen. Then Arkansas scores another late touchdown, like da 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 da. 
but the, the, the not a real nineteen. That's a that's a bullshit nineteen. The the quarterback for Western Kentucky is a guy named Ty Story, who was the quarterback for Arkansas last year when late in the season they were actually competitive with teams. Like that's that's why people had high hopes for Chad Morris in this program because at the end of last season, I mean they played LSU to within a touchdown, right? Sorry. Like they they were close in a lot of these games and it was just all right, we just got to get the right guys in here. We got to, you know, we're we're moving in the right direction. We are progressing correctly. And they ran off Ty Story thinking he wasn't the right quarterback for them and he put up some monster monster numbers on Saturday against them and basically rubbed their nose in it. Like Every it was, decision Chad Morris has made since getting the Arkansas job has been wrong. Ty Story was 22 out of 32, 213 yards with one touchdown. And Western Kentucky ran the ball 47 times for 265 yards against Arkansas's defense. That is inexcusable to have a team like Western Kentucky. And look, Tyson Helton... Like, people thought that he was going to walk into... it. Like, that's what's so crazy is Mike Sanford, the the former uh, Western Kentucky offense coordinator, or uh, Western Kentucky coach, who couldn't get it figured out there, he had dudes. He had players. And couldn't figure out what to do with them. Tyson Helton, who was the Tennessee offensive coordinator, before that, he was the offensive coordinator at Western Kentucky under Jeff Brom. He has figured out what to do with these guys. Western Kentucky's got a good defense. Like, I called this beforehand and said they are going to win this football game because Arkansas is terrible. Chad Morris is in trouble. I don't know that anybody saw this, though. I thought they could win this game, too. Oh, I, I didn't see a beatdown. Yeah, one of my closest friends, big Arkansas fan, lives in Little Rock, texted me before the game started and was like, really? One-point game? And I was like, I got another pick them. And I kind of think Western Kentucky is going to win. And he was like, are we that bad? And I was like, Look, I think you're that bad. I really think you could lose this game. And he was just like, we'll see. And at the first quarter, he was just like, holy shit, we're that bad. I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you are. And I said, but listen, he's got a monster buyout. So you need to uh, – the advice that I have to my Northwestern friends, if you look competitive in these late games, it's an excuse to say maybe we have life, maybe we give it one more shot. You don't want that. Sometimes no. you got to break it all the way down. Yeah. And I was like, you need this if you want better things in the future. His response was, nope, because our boosters are the worst in the country and they want control and we'll never get a great coach because a great coach will want control. And he's not wrong. That, that, you, I think all you're right. All the things there. you say about Ole Miss and that good old boy system down there, Arkansas has in spades. They're just a lot richer than Ole Miss boosters. Yeah, I mean, you got Tyson Chicken, you got the Waltons that that own Walmart, you got Jerry Jones, you got yeah. I'm I'm with you. I understand where you're coming from, uh, but man, like they are sitting at two and eight. This and, is not a hot seat situation. He's gone. Oh, he's it's gone. It's going to be a ten million dollar check stroked out, and and that ten million dollars to them is nothing. And then you, you are right. I'm but telling they're you, they're tired going of paying people obviously because they're. Brett's having to fight for his money. Oh yeah, they're tired of paying people that they're firing over and over again. They're they're going after Gus Malzahn again. I and, see. I disagree. Oh no, that's happening. That's they are going to go and make Gus Malzahn say no, and we'll see what happens because Malzahn gets so he feels Malzahn's the love. Buyout. So not only are they going to pay ten million to him, they're still paying Brett 
Now they're going to have to pay, not just pay a lot for Gus, because Gus is making a metric shit ton of money. Yeah, but but, but the buyout to buy him out of Auburn is not like to to get him to leave Auburn is not crazy. For Auburn to fire him is what's crazy. Like that's well, yeah, okay. But that's what I was wondering. So you, he doesn't have a big buyout. It, it's not as massive as you would think. I mean, it's like five million bucks. Or something. Pay a coach like seven million dollars, but then not put a big buyout on it. Yeah, well, because the coach would have to decide to leave, and and it makes it easier if he gets another opportunity for him to go on and go if you're not happy with the situation, right? So yeah, you can always waive the buyout if you don't want him there anymore, and somebody else wants it. You yeah, have I mean, if you say, yeah, you don't Auburn have to pay me to take this guy. Auburn could absolutely do that, and they might do that because they don't like Gus. Like it, they uh, after last I, season, because because they know Arkansas's got the money. If yeah. I was Arkansas, I I think that that deep of pockets, I'd go after I'd go after a bigger fish. But well, I mean, you got to there there are pros and cons to firing a coach after two years, right? Like it's, <laughs> but but I will say this: other coaches around the country are shocked at just how poorly prepared and poorly coached this Arkansas team is. And this is all coaching. This is all coaching. They've got dudes. Like, they they can – you're telling me that Western Kentucky is more talented than them? Like, that's no. not true. And no. it's it's just they are not mentally in these games. 100%. This is not – this is preparation. Yeah. This is coaching. They are, they are just – they're out. They're done. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on. Number six here. Virginia Tech, what in the world? 36-19 to 19 over Wake Forest. That means that Clemson has zero top 25 games on their schedule uh, unless something miraculous happens with Texas A&M and they get a win over Georgia or LSU or whatever. I don't foresee that happening. But Virginia Tech, uh, from start to finish here, just handled them. I mean, it, it was 10-6 it was to six at the half. And then in the third quarter, uh, Virginia Tech comes out and and scores three times, you know, two touchdowns on a field goal. And you get into the fourth quarter and they shut out uh, Wake Forest. Just shut them out. 36 That's to. A really good offense, by the way. Uh, yeah, 36 to 17. They held that really good offense to, uh, let's see, 301 total yards, held them to 63 rushing yards on 29 attempts. And. Man, 238 yards passing, which was fine. Jamie Newman played in this game. He was 16 out of 35 for 238 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Virginia, the the demise of Virginia Tech and Justin Fuente's football program has been greatly exaggerated. Hey, he is fine. Look, last year was awful. The beginning of this year, rough. Yeah, they had turned. A, they put their foot in the ground and they changed directions. Immediately, yeah, and they, they were they, they I mean, absolutely they were, uh, just an inkling away from upsetting Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Yeah, and at that point, you beat Notre Dame. You're sitting at seven and two. Yeah, uh, you know they they got a shot here to uh, to really win this thing out and go nine and three. And I really do. They I'm, really do. It, it's it's a little bit surprising because you know it, as poorly as everybody has talked about this team. Look, they still got Georgia Tech. Pittsburgh and Virginia left. They can win every single one of those games. Now they could also lose them, but the odds are. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna end with at least eight wins. Yeah, they're not losing two of those games. I don't think. I think no. they're playing well enough to win. They're not losing Georgia Tech, but 
Pitt game is going to be a fight. Yeah. And, and, and Virginia, this is going to be the best Virginia Virginia Tech matchup we we maybe have ever seen. Well, I'll tell you, that last year that game was fantastic. It was okay. unreal. Yeah, that's going to be tough to beat. But this game is yeah. in Virginia. Virginia hadn't beaten them in forever. Like, but this, I just think Virginia Tech was so down last year. I guess that's why I was a little out of that game. When they and they really, I mean, they fought last year because they didn't want to give up that streak. And that's right. you know, rivalry game. Like this is it, it's a massive rivalry again. So I'm I'm excited about it. I, well, now I, the winner of that game has a chance to play. Oh yeah, game, right. Yeah, it'll be in the ACC uh, title game. Whoever wins that one, it looks like. So, so Miami's not still alive for that, or are they do they need help? I think Miami needs help now. Um, I don't know all the, I don't know all the the, the tiebreaker situations. See. I'd have to look through the ACC schedule and see what's happened. And here, I'll uh, I'll I'll walk you through this really quickly. Uh, the ACC standings have got Virginia at five and two, Virginia Tech at three and two, Pittsburgh at three and two. Uh, so Pittsburgh, right there in the middle of all this. Yeah, Pitt's, Pitt's in the middle of it. Yeah. Miami is sitting at four and three. North Carolina is three and three. Duke is two and three, and Georgia Tech is one and five. So is it four and three in conference? Yeah, four or and three five? in conference. They're six okay. and four overall. I was about to say, I thought they had more losses than that. Okay. So Pitt lost the uh, the opening game of the season to Virginia. So Virginia owns the tiebreaker over Pitt. That's right. Uh, so Pitt needs Virginia to lose, and then Pitt still has. Virginia Tech, North Carolina, and Boston College, uh, and two of they those are at home. Two of the, one of the, yeah, two of those three. Yeah, two of those three are at home. North Carolina's at home, Boston College at home, and they play at Virginia Tech. So it, this will come down to basically what happens in the Virginia Tech Virginia game because be if awesome. that game will matter, that game will matter. Yeah, it big time, big time. I mean, and, it might not matter because one of them's going to get killed by Clemson, but still, it's going to matter if. So if one of these teams were to win out, then Clemson has a shot to have a top 25 win. In the championship game. <laughs> In the championship game. They had to wait until they got to their championship game. But here's the thing. If you if you play in your championship game, and that team is not even a top 25 team, yeah. what are we talking about? I know. What are we doing? <laughs> like, and here's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop, but everybody in the YouTube videos, just, just got to stop with the, well, well, Clemson would be favored over all these teams. Clemson would be – you don't think Clemson would beat that team? That's not what I said. That's, no. That's, that's, not, that's not how you do rankings. <laughs> we don't try to predict the future. We look at what you've actually done. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're 100% right. It, rankings are – rankings are a weird beast. And obviously, you can go watch our rankings uh, on the show tomorrow because we will discuss that. Um Good gracious. Let, let's talk about, let, let's try and wrap these last few up. Blow through. Illinois 37, Michigan State 34. Michigan State was up 28 to 3 at the end of the first quarter. I had and, chalked this up as a loss. And I was pretty upset. I, it, well, it, I think everybody did, right? Because not only was I losing my money line parlay, but I was also losing this massive spread. I was like, God, 15 points. I got 14 and a half points. Still can't win this game. Well, what's crazy is. It was twenty-eight to three in the second quarter, all the way up until uh, Michigan State gives them the football on an interception with let's see, fifty-eight seconds no, left. Illinois scored before they got the interception. No, no, no. They they punted to Michigan State. Michigan State first and ten at the forty, uh, incomplete pass. 
Uh, second and 10 at the 40, pass complete for 19 yards to the Illinois 41. And then Brian Lewerke, pass intercepted by Sidney Brown, returned for no gain to the Illinois 19 with 58 seconds left in the quarter. And then Illinois scored on the last play of the, of the first half on a 46-yard pass from Brandon Peters to Josh Inatorbehi, whatever his name is. Uh, so yeah, they they threw a forty six yard pass on the last play of the first half to make it twenty eight to ten, and then Michigan State comes out and kicks field goal on the opening drive in the second half, and looks like they have complete control, and and then they just completely implode, completely implode. And on top of that, it, so I didn't get to watch uh, all of this. I got to watch a little bit of it because of thank God for YouTube TV, right? Um, and I've got DVR set to record every single college football game that comes on, so I'm able to go back and actually watch some of this. But the the end of this ball game was so incredible to see because Michigan State did everything wrong, and Illinois also did everything wrong and still found a way to win the football game. It's the it's the Minnesota uh, Wisconsin game over and over again. It was unbelievable. I mean- that, I, I felt like we were back in Chicago watching Wisconsin implode that's, in, I, in, in Illinois, just trying to give it away, but still finding a way to win. Listen, for win, lose, love, whatever, doesn't matter. Lovey Smith is this is the most improved team in all of college football. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Uh, let's and see, and it ain't close. By the way, it's not close. Here we go, Bill Conley. This is what Bill Conley said. Went back and watched the Illinois comeback and. Dot, dot, dot. They did, all caps, everything wrong. It was spectacular. First touchdown was nearly an accident. They wasted a red zone turnover, missed a game-tying PAT, threw a fourth and goal fade, subbed and took their time with less than 15 seconds left, and it all worked out. Like, that is terrible coaching. It's a, and, it's amazing. It is just glorious to watch. Yeah. It's so 37-34, and Illinois is going bowling. And look, Minnesota winning yesterday kills the dream of this. Hitting that money line parlay yesterday was the sweetest thing I've done in a long time. <laughs> just, just the sweetest nectar I've tasted in a long, long time. I can, uh, I can only oh, imagine. Dogs. So Ooh. the the fourth quarter scoring, by the way, Illinois twenty seven points to three for Michigan State. Like that's that should tell you everything you need to know. But. Uh, Minnesota winning yesterday killed the dream of this, but Illinois is uh, is four and three in conference with the tiebreaker over Wisconsin. Had Minnesota lost yesterday, and you assume that they would lose then to Iowa and Wisconsin, you would need Wisconsin to lose one more time, and Illinois would have been going to the Big Ten title game. So, like, if Iowa had beaten Wisconsin yesterday. And Minnesota, like you had a you had a legit chance that Illinois would have been in the Big Twelve or Big Twelve. I don't know if that would have been mathematically possible because I think the only way Minnesota and Wisconsin could both they needed both Minnesota and Wisconsin to lose again, and I think I think in order for the math to have worked out, one of those teams has to lose, one of those teams has to win, whichever one of those teams won that game would have would have given them the. Did not over Illinois. Well, no, because if if Wisconsin had lost yesterday, and that was only a two, we'll we'll talk about that next. Actually, had had uh, had Iowa pulled off the win. Okay, all right, that's not what you said. I, okay, you you said if Minnesota lost yesterday, I was thinking of starting next week with Minnesota having one loss. 
then, then mathematically they wouldn't have been able to get in. Had both lost yesterday, yes, yes. Yeah, and, and, and at that point, right. you could start dreaming of the fighting Illini sitting in Indianapolis against Ohio State. What but, would the point spread be? This is what all the guys like to do on YouTube to tell me I'm wrong. What would the point spread be for Ohio State, Illinois, it'd be uh, Big Ten Championship game? 30, Seven, 37 and a half? No chance. No chance. It's, it's at least – It's at, last week it was 42 or 43. No, but if game. Illinois wins out, then that you, you obviously have to – you got to throw that in there. No, so, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, we'll it's, it's in the 40s. What uh, what did you think about the Chase Young stuff? Four games? Are we are we ever going to really talk about this stuff? Because if you want to take the time to talk about it now, we can. Let's let's talk for just a couple of minutes. I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Like it, that- so, so my thoughts my thoughts are a couple of things. First, anybody against the NCAA, I'm for. Yeah, and and I think the we caught you taking money, so we're going to punish you is bullshit because we know, we know all of these kids playing major college football are taking money. And it's just, who did you catch? How did you catch them? I really love the conspiracy theories that Urban is probably the one that leaked this. That was pretty funny. Hey, and I I don't know that I don't think, listen, some of these conspiracies I like because they're fun. This one, that guy's an asshole. Like, Like, there's no bigger dick in all of sports than Urban Meyer. I don't think there's anybody as petty as Urban Meyer, and and this is this is a sport of a lot of petty ass people. Okay, yeah, it, it would not surprise me for that to be true. But okay, so let's and for those say that, that don't understand what he's talking about, by the way, it it would be that Urban Meyer would turn this information in. He, he's the one that leaked the information to whoever needed the information, so that Ryan Day wouldn't win a national championship in his first season to make Urban look worse. Yeah. That's that's what we're talking about. Bingo. All right, so with all that being said, I'm pro the guy getting his money. I think it's bullshit. I, you know, I just I just think the NCAA picks and chooses who they want to pick on and when they want to pick on them, okay? Yeah. With that all being said, the it was a loan to pay for my girlfriend to go to the Rose Bowl and or to a bowl game or whatever, and I paid it back. There is zero chance, zero chance that that is true. Agreed. A, not alone. B five thousand dollars, so much less than what I know that you've gotten because you're that caliber talent. Yes. So let's, let's just call. And then I paid it back. No, bro, no, you didn't. No, no you didn't. You've gotten over six figures to play football at Ohio State. I know that because I know how the cheese is made. And I'm telling you that you, you, whoever gave me that five G's gave you a whole lot more. You just don't have record of that. Yeah. That's fine. That's okay. I'm, I'm always pro anybody against the NCAA, even though I hate Ohio State and I'd like to see bad things happen to them. This ain't one of them. If you're against the NCAA, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm on your side because I think they're a terrible organization that does things in an awful manner. Well, and, and the rules are antiquated, right? They just are. Yes. So they to need to be updated. Least, yes. And Chase Young, get your money. And look, four games – I don't know how they come up with a number. And then the question is, is do you got to vacate all those wins from last year? Did, do you got to vacate the win earlier? Can I go cash my, my Northwestern Moneyline plus 2,500 ticket from a couple Friday <laughs> nights? Because that's a loss. That's a, that's a W by Northwestern standard. 
I see them turn that in. Well, I, I don't think it's it, it's not a forfeit. It's just a vacation of the win, right? It's just vacated. So it's not a W four Northwestern. So no, you're not going to be able to catch it. And I think that's actually why they do that. That's why they do these things where they have to vacate a win. Um, but either way, like it, it's not like Is Northwestern, the, the the Big Twelve champion, a Big Ten champion from last year. Can I, we hang that banner? I don't think so. I think there's just not a Big Twelve or Big Ten champion last year. I, th- I think Northwestern should be able to hang a banner. We'll we'll see what happens with it. But I I am of the opinion, and I stated this to our little group uh, chat that we have. Uh, I am of the opinion that everybody should do what Auburn did, which is tell them, okay, well we're going to play him. And yeah. screw you, and what are you going to do about it? And That's they won't do anything. That's what Memphis is doing. Yeah, Memphis is doing right. that with James Wiseman the in basketball. Same thing happened in Memphis, our town. Wiseman, but this is a complete bullshit thing, was cleared by the NCAA, and then not cleared by the NCAA after we started the season. Like, how the hell did you change your mind three months later? Well, and, right. and so a lot of people would say that, well, new information came to light. It's like, well, no, it didn't because there's proof that you had this and you declared him eligible. Like, it's yeah. up to you to be able to do that or not do it. And it's you can't go back. Like, no, no take backsies, right? This is, this like, is no an backsies. insanely corrupt organization yes uh, you know what happened corrupt organization what what happened with the memphis stuff is everybody saw what james wiseman looked like and saw what memphis looked like with him and this was coach cow all, and, all the big boys oh i wasn't just yeah. coach Cal. I no, 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 it, I, I was just about to list off all of them but oh, no. Bill, all of Bill them Self saying hey y'all coming down on me what happened there go get that guy yeah so it's it, it's a different situation but it, memphis is I mean, all guns blazing at the NCAA right now. They're saying, look, our season's going to be crap without this guy anyway. So whether we play him and win all of our games or if we don't play him, we're not going to win all of our games. I think I think if you're Ohio State, it's a little different. It's okay to sit the kid because yeah. he's you're not. You're playing well, Maryland this Rutgers. Game, this game was okay to sit the kid. I don't know that I would sit him for four games. Oh, y'all suspend him for four games? Screw you. Well, we're going to say two games. So, yeah, we're going to say two games, and when Penn State comes in town, he's soon up. Yep. And bet your, bet your ass he's going to be there for Michigan. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's but if it's a four-game suspension, he's missing Penn State, and he's missing Michigan. You got that right. You because they don't have four games left. Let's see. All right, let's move on really quick. Wisconsin 24, Iowa 22. Wisconsin pretty much dominated this game. It was a two-point game, but, yeah. I, I understand where, where you're coming. Look. 300 rushing yards to 87. They were up. Um, let's see. They were up 21 to six in the third quarter. They give up a touchdown to make it 21 to 13. They uh, give up a touch or a field goal to make it 21 to 16. They kick a field goal to go 24 to 16 with three minutes left. And then Iowa scores very quickly right after. And it, for the majority of the game, this was Wisconsin's game, and they almost blew it late. Right. Yeah. So I almost blew it late. It cost me the cup. They dominated the whole game. I'm watching the ticker on my phone, and, and I just think that's I'm cash that ticket. No, no, I didn't cash that ticket. Did but not cash that ticket. So it's, wh- it's one of it's one of three on the on the full slate of days that I did. Yeah. Now you you had a you had a day. You had a day yesterday. The, I would say I'm just going to the most profitable day I've ever had in my entire life in betting. 
Yeah, you you definitely. I've been gambling on sports since I was 18 years old. This is the most profitable day I've ever had in one single day in my life. It was it was big. It was big. We'll we'll do the recap on the gambling show, but man, okay. you you okay. definitely did. You definitely did. Let's move into App State and South Carolina. And I saw this coming, and I was too afraid to take the money line. I was too afraid. So I I. The game, like the line was really close, right? And and people kept putting money on App State because that line opened at like five and then it dropped to three and then it moved back up to like four and a half. It, it was just all over the place. points. It was either going to be money line or I stayed off of it. And App State was up 20 to nine. Oh, yeah, they beat the hell out of them. And in South Carolina scores a touchdown late and they make it 20 to 15. And then they get the ball back and they've got a chance throwing the ball into the end zone, and Halinski just misses a wide-open guy. But it, it, they called holding on the play anyway, so the game was over after that. Like, it, If you're, I mean, South Carolina, like, I, I, don't, I don't know where they go from here. Like, this, this was a season that you were expected to, to lose, like, six, seven games anyway because of how difficult the schedule was. This was not one of those games that you were expected to lose. No, but if you're if you're an alumni, if you're a fan, I've got a, a, a very close friend that is a massive fan of, of South Carolina, and and he was not happy, but he'll tell me that if you say that we've got to lose to a team like App State every year, but we beat Clemson or Georgia that year, I'll take that. I'll take that every time. I mean, that's just yeah. I I don't think that Will Muschamp is in trouble. No, I don't either. The Georgia game saved his career, saved saved his job. No, no question. Not even hot seat. Not even hot seat. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're probably right. Well, then you got to look at who you're going to get. You're not South Carolina. You're, you're not a big, big blue blood. Yeah. You're not taking a Matt Rule from from where you're, like you're not going and getting a big boy coach. He's he's the best you can hope for, and he ain't that damn bad. No, he's really not. Like the schedule softens up next year. Still, oh, like they're still playing backup quarterbacks. Yeah. No, you're you're right. So they're they're four and six. Uh, you got to get the last two to get to a bowl game, and you got uh, at Texas A&M, and then Clemson comes to your place. It ain't happening. They're not making a bowl game. I'm gonna say this: they win one of those games, though. It's gonna be a big day for 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 South Carolina. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like they they are able to. In certain situations, win big games. And I mean, they went to Sanford with a third-string quarterback. Yeah, well, their second string got hurt. Like what, third quarter? Like so, Halinski Halinski yeah. got hurt in the third quarter, and then the third stringer came in. But the third stringer had to play the rest of the fourth quarter. Yes, he in did. Overtime. Yeah, you are correct. You are correct. Let's uh, let's close out with these last two topics. Texas twenty-seven, Kansas State twenty-four, Texas. Holds on to the football at the end of the game. Does not give it back to Kansas State. They kick a field goal to win the game. Uh, I thought Kansas State was the better football team. And I think all of the stuff that has gone on with Kansas State and all these big wins, they are just not quite there yet. Texas had more talent. Uh, Both of these teams are now 6-3. and I think this probably moves Texas back into the top 25. And which is good for Oklahoma, right? You know, for for anybody that's out there, it's good for Oklahoma. But yeah, they they hold on to the football at the end for six minutes and forty five seconds to end the ball game, and it just 
it, it was remarkable. 13 plays, 67 yards, 6 minutes, 45 seconds, and Dicker the kicker kicks a field goal to win the ball game. Kansas all over again. Yeah. Well, a it, it, little bit different situation because Kansas had a lead with less than a minute left. True. But, but in this situation, they it was a tie game. control of the game and, and a, a field goal to win it. And, and, you know, they just held on the ball, settled for the field goal, and they've got a kicker that that's probably one of the best big-time kickers in college football right now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, he's got more big-time kicks than I can think of anybody. And they, like, what was so surprising about this was the fact that they were able to hold on to the football for so long because this is a, this is not a quick strike kind of, or not a, this is not a ball control offense. No, they, they score fast. They score in big plays. The uh, total well, offense in this State's game. defense helps that. Kansas State's defense is for real. Like, oh, they're, they're absolutely. Good. Now, I, 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 I got to give Todd Orlando some credit here uh, because we've talked about how bad Texas's defense is. That's right. They held Kansas State to 51 yards rushing on 26 attempts. It was two yards a carry. Kansas State has been running over everybody. No, you're right. I mean, it was it, it was remarkable to see. And it, props to Texas. Uh, they're sitting at six and three. They've got Iowa State, Baylor, and Texas Tech left. They they've got two losses in the Big Twelve. You uh, you get your win over Baylor, and you hope that Oklahoma beats them. You still got a shot at Texas and uh, and Oklahoma in the Big Twelve title game. Like I, I don't know that anybody wants to watch it again, but yeah. I mean it'd be good for ratings, right? Like it, it'd be good for whatever for the Big Twelve if you got any time that you get Oklahoma and Texas in the Big Twelve title game, that's going to be that's good for the league. That's right. But it, you know we we would hope that Baylor gets one of these W's, and you get to see a little bit of different blood, and that that'd be nice to see. That'd be nice to see. Uh, let's close out with Florida State getting the dub up at Boston College. And I did not see this one coming, especially after uh, firing Willie Taggart. But it, it leads to a, a question that I wanted to ask you. And we'll talk about some coaching candidates uh, to, to close out for Florida State. But, you know, at what point do you maybe just say, all right, we're going to give the reins to Odo Hagens? Well, for the rest of the season, you do that. Well, yeah, but you, you've done that before, and he was successful under Jimbo Fisher, right? Like, Fisher left, and Hagen's went out and got to win and got a got a bowl win for you. Beating up Boston College ain't a resume builder. Okay. I, I, I'm with you, but what I'm saying is these guys seem to want to play for him. He's been there for 26 years. Like, I, it, it's, it's an Ed Orgeron kind of situation, right? He's... He's not the the genius. He's not the mastermind. I'm not saying that he would be at Orgeron. What I'm saying is you got a guy that kids want to play for, that fits your school, that loves that university. Maybe you think, think about this. It's easy to do from an interim's perspective once you're the guy and now you're having to do so many other things and now you've got to build a staff because you obviously can't keep that staff together. They've had enough issues throughout the year. Now you've got to recruit these kids that have been there for a long time, know him. But do these young kids coming in who are visiting Florida State know him and care about him? And are they willing to come there? I, I think the guy they're targeting, I think they've made their mind up. I don't think it's I don't think it's a candidate anymore. I think it's a done deal. Who is that? I think the Dion thing is done. 
Surely not. There were reports yesterday that Dion was calling around other coaches, putting together a staff. You don't yeah, start you, calling people who are employed no, and you, building you do a that. staff if you don't have a job. No, no, no. You you do that before you have a job. Like to, no, you to don't. no, no, you you a hundred percent do. You you start feeling around like if I get this job, I would want you. Would you be interested? Like I, I don't. I, I we disagree with that. I think you don't do that until you have the job. I don't think that you can hire Deion Sanders because of all the stuff that went down with his prep school in Dallas. I mean, it, I he, think they're absolutely going to hire Deion Sanders, and they don't give a damn what happened at his prep school. That's crazy to me. That is insane. That's. <laughs> I just I can't even imagine it. So I I mean, look I I take that back. I could imagine it because. I mean, this stuff's crazy. But, like, hiring Deion Sanders is not the same as Memphis hiring Penny Hardaway and, nope. and whatever. Uh, nope. I, I just – don't basketball, you only need four or five guys. Yeah. Okay? In football, it's a different football, thing. Football, it's different. You have to run a machine. I cannot believe that that would actually be legit. I just I, – I, Listen, I can't either, but I disagree. We just see it differently. I don't think you're calling people who are currently employed because you're not going to hire all first-time coaches, so you're you're reaching out to guys that have jobs currently, and you're saying, "Hey, you want to come work for me?" And I don't think you're able to do that, and nobody's going to give you any type of commitment unless you can. Because if it gets leaked out that they're thinking about leaving, then you know, does that coach staff change anyway? Oh, oh, Dion didn't get the job, but you were trying to get another job. Well, why don't you just keep your ass on looking? Yeah, you know, no, you, I, mean, I mean, you're right. I, I think it's too dangerous to do that because you know that we have leaks everywhere. Everything leaks. Everybody knows everything. Yeah, so, man, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to believe. It's we we can't imagine it happening. I'm gonna have to it's see. It's gonna it. happen at any school. This is the one. It would either be this school or Miami. I mean, if that's... you told me who's gonna bring back a Ray Lewis or Deion Sanders to be their head coach. Like that style player, that type player, it, I would have said oh, it has. The only two schools in the country that are going to do that. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. So the candidates you're that I would doing it, and their fan base is going to be great. They're going to be like, "Oh, this is awesome." Yeah, no, that, you're right about that. You're right about that. Um, now let's the candidates that I was going to bring up: Lane Kiffin, FAU gets a big W in the Shula Bowl, thirty-seven to seven over Florida International. Uh, FAU. Dominated. We don't even have to talk about stats, but it, I told you that they would have to win big if he yeah. was going to be a candidate, and he is going out. You know, he, guns are blazing right now, right? He he's swinging that thing to show, hey, I can win in Florida. I'm already here. I know how to recruit this state. Mark Stoops on the other side. Tennessee gets the W, seventeen to thirteen. Kentucky scores thirteen points on their first two drives of the ball game, and. They're up 13-3 to at the half. Tennessee comes out. It looks like Peyton Manning jumped into Jarrett Garantano's uh, jersey and came out for the first two drives of the second half, and then Tennessee did nothing. Kentucky ran for 302 yards on 64 attempts last night. Only had 327 total yards because they had 25 passing yards. Uh, threw a pick, and that, look, Kentucky had the ball for 41 minutes and 37 seconds in this game. In Tennessee, one had multiple goal line stands. Oh, that's uh, that goal line defense. Pruitt has gotten that defense fired up. Yes, they yes they have. They are sitting at five and five currently. They've got a game at Missouri, who does not look good right now. 
and a game against Vanderbilt. This, after starting zero and two and starting one and four in the season, they could be seven and five to end this season, and that is. Remarkable. I think they're definitely going to finish six and six and go bowling. Now, Kentucky does not have a a quarterback that can throw the football. They got a wide receiver playing quarterback right now. That's it. So, they're so, running the wildcat every play. And what they were able to do, getting 300 yards on this defense, was incredible. Uh, I still think Stoops is the best fit for the job. He's got head coaching experience. He understands the culture at Florida State. He was there. You know, he. I think Stoops is the best fit. I think Kiffin is the the bigger name. I think Sanders is. That's. Oh, we don't disagree Deion with Sanders. that. Dion is the bigger name. I mean, Dion's yeah, the bigger name, but like the bigger name that has head coaching experience that okay. has recruiting experience you is. You say that you said the bigger name. No, no, no. The bigger name that has the experience, right, would if, be Kiffin. If, if I had to hire the guy, and those were my three options, I would take. He's stable. He's a grown-up in the room. You're not going to have the chaos and the turmoil that you had at the end of the Jimbo year and the entire time that Willie Taggart's been there. You're, you're going need, to have I, to. I just need an adult in the room to say, we got to stop this crap. Yeah. We're going to all come in. We're going to do our job. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna run a class organization. Yes. Yes, you're right. Um, they are – Stoops will have to come in – and, and tell the brass how he's going to improve his offense. Yes. But other than that, he will be able to recruit. He will be able to get along with the I boosters. Mean, I wonder, can he keep Kendall? That's the thing. Like, do you just say, Kendall, I trust you. I don't know that Kendall fits with his with his philosophy. Like, okay. you need, you need somebody not, on offense not, that meshes with. That, that was my other thought is, if Lane gets it, does he keep Kendall? They I think he does because he, he had, yeah, he had Kendall at, in his first year at FAU. They won 11 games. They were great. They yeah. were great together. So I, I would I would do that 100%. I would too. I would, if it's Lane, I kind of hope Kendall stays there. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. If it's Lane or if it's Dion, Florida State's going to be super interesting to watch. If it's Stoops, they're going to go be in a, like, a normal, eventually a normal, stable program. And, and the entertainment factor just won't be there. Yeah, so if you're just awesome. wanting to watch a disaster, yes. then then you're hoping for Deion Sanders or Lane Kiffin. Lane if, might not be a disaster. Hell, Deion might not be a disaster. Might and, win and Lane games. Kiffin might not. They're, like they're gonna be entertaining. He Stoops won't be like entertaining. He won't he won't bring the circus. Those other two guys are gonna bring the circus. Yeah, you got that right. So if Let's you want the circus, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Yes. No. If you want entertaining, if you want the circus, if you want the sideshow stuff. Then, if you want a grown-up, you hire Stoops. Yes. If you want the circus, you go with one of those other two guys. My I think the deal's done with Dion. I think it's already done. That's crazy. That is so insane. But it, we, we got a few weeks to figure it out. They said they wanted to coach in by November 30th. It is uh, November 10th. Now, if you're it, to be fair, what you're saying might be right if they want to coach in by November 30th. Like so if you want to coach guys, you gotta give them the season to finish. Yeah. If if you want a coach by December and you're not going to hire a retread, whether it's Urban Meyer or Bob Stoops or whatever, uh, it, I don't even know who else you would go and get. Like, you want somebody that's coaching somewhere else, I would imagine. Neon Dion, baby. Good gracious. What a way to end this show. All right, this has gone a little longer than we anticipated, but uh, but it was a big week. It was a bit, we're in November. This is uh, this is not cutting time, right? Like, we're, we're ready. We're ready to get into this. I love it. Um... Go and watch and li- watch and listen to the podcast tomorrow. We're doing our top ten and our 
uh, college football playoff predictions for the end of the season. We appreciate you guys being here. Of course, go check out the website, winningcureseverything.com. You can find everything about us over there, our social media, everything else. If you're on YouTube, hit like, hit subscribe, uh, share out the show, leave some comments, tell us what you think about what's going on right now because there are a ton of storylines going on right this second. Man, this has been a fun week. Let's uh, let's get off of this one, and we're going to go record our other stuff right quick. So go to uh, tunicatravel.com, Tunica, Mississippi, the South Premier Sports Gambling Destination. They, uh, they sponsor the show. We appreciate them for that. We'll see you all again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.